Welcome to Luxuries for Your Soul. Today is a bonus episode. I sat down with Piper Clem, publisher of the Plaid Horse magazine, for a casual conversation about jewelry, simple luxuries, and more. Piper shares a luxury for her soul, as well as the story behind a recent piece she has acquired from one of my collections. The sound quality may be different since it was recorded on Zoom, but it's still a good share. If you are interested in inviting Lauren or myself onto your podcast, please reach out to us. Our contacts are in the show notes below. We both enjoy discussing design, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, and personal growth. Lauren is also interested in mental health, movies, and pop culture. I could talk all day about soul-related interests such as intuition, astrology, and life purpose. Also, we started a new Facebook group for the podcast named Luxuries for Your Soul Podcast Community. So find us there. I will be posting regularly with behind-the-scenes question prompts for upcoming episodes, plus sneak peeks before episodes air. We hope it's going to be a great place for you to connect with us or share your stories. We look forward to growing this community together. Enjoy this bonus episode with Piper Clem of the Plaid Horse Magazine. Welcome to the podcast, Alexis. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about your new podcast and what made you decide to have your own podcast and how you got that started? Sure. The Luxuries for Your Soul podcast is an opportunity to have conversations with women about what it means to have a well-lived life. We live in a material world, but not every luxury can be held in your hand. Sometimes it's in the moments you share with others or the time that you make for yourself. So my co-host, Lauren, and I also discuss topics like mental health, spirituality, and the stories that have captured our attention in the news that we've read in books or on limited series like a Hulu or Netflix. But at the heart of it, we're creators, seekers, and friends carving out that time to have honest conversations through the lens of luxury. So I was talking to one of my friends the other day and one of the things I I say like half as a joke sometimes I'm like, is luxury minimalism or maximalism? Because some days I feel like luxury is, yeah, you having that white desk with like nothing on it. I obviously, as we discuss all the time, I'm a mess. I have stuff everywhere. I have papers, I have notes, I have things taped to other things. And which I find being a mess to be a huge luxury most of the time, 90% of the time. And then like 10% of the time, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I had that just surface. So like I do, I feel like luxury can be either having literally everything or having like something very sparse. It can be minimalism or maximalism. And I asked my friend the other day, I said, is luxury having a hotel room by yourself and having that solace and being alone? Or is luxury like having all your friends in a hotel room and it being like wild and you hanging out and having that community and... And she said, which I thought was fascinating and profound, she said, luxury is doing anything because you want to, not because you have to. Exactly. And luxury exists in the spaces in between when we're very busy and then we have downtime or if we're not busy at all. And then we get to connect with the people that make us feel aligned with ourselves. That's also a luxury. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It can just be sometimes. I love that so much. 
you know, and I think it's such a great thing to think about is like, is what is a luxury to me right now in this moment or this week or this month, as opposed to like making it so finite and absolute. It, it's it's a fluid liquid that yeah. shapes throughout our lives. Yeah, we ask all of our guests. It's a new podcast, so we only have had a handful of guests so far. But we ask our guests at the end of the episode is, what is your latest luxury? And what does it mean to you to have a well-lived life? And the range of answers so far has gone from an infrared sauna to a rebounder, skincare, tangible products to just really knowing who I am and saying, no, I'm not going to do that thing. As someone who owns an infrared sauna of like it, though. <laughs> All right. That is a luxury. hundred <laughs> percent. I didn't know that about you. See, I already know something. <laughs> um, I always think one of life's greatest luxuries is to get to go out to breakfast with someone because mm-hmm. going out to breakfast means that like you have a moment to like breathe and you're not diving into the day. And I love to wake up in the morning and dive into work, but yeah. it's a luxury. It's an exception to like have that moment to spend time with someone in the morning and have that cup of coffee and, you know, have that diner breakfast. I think that's such a luxury. That is. I wake up in the morning and I come to my dining room table, which I use liberally as my own desk. I've got stuff strewn all across it. And I sit here and I have my coffee. I look out at the view. I can see the horses. I can see the dogs. And I just think, what does the day have for me? It's such a luxury for me to be able to decide what is my day going to be. Yes, I, I love that. And I, I appreciate that so much. And I think that that's of all the all the sacrifices that I have to make, you know, having my own business and being separated from so many other traditional things. I, I think that, that that's a luxury that makes it worth it at some level. Mm-hmm. And so many compromises in life. So let's talk a little bit about your jewelry business. Your website and Instagram are the destination for good luck charms, talismans, and different design pieces. How did you get into jewelry and what did it mean to you before you started creating it? And then how did that change after you started creating it? So I went to a fashion design school in Boston and there was an antique jewelry store in the adjacent brownstone. And I would go in there and I would visit them and I would learn about the stories that each piece had. And I would make purchases for myself on layaway, of course, because as a student, I couldn't afford to purchase those pieces, but they were so lovely. And they took the time to chat with me and educate me. And I believe in treating yourself to whatever you want in life. So that was early on for me. And then in 2011, I began designing jewelry for myself because I I didn't see anything that I loved out there in the stores. So I designed what I wish that I owned. And I'm, I'm really not into traditional jewelry. I wanted something unique, something that no one else had. And antique jewelry became an obsession. And just that wonderful education of the magic of the bygone eras, you know, just that these pieces, they they hold your power and they house your secrets and they have so many stories to tell, stories that we'll never know or hold memories that we cherish and we can pass down to other people. And I just, I loved that, the whole storytelling of it. And I love to share whatever I am passionate about. So it moved out of hobby territory when I began creating pieces for other people and then people started referring me and my social network grew And I just kept reinvesting in myself. I kept trying new styles. 
I ended up moving to Pennsylvania in the heart of horse country where I am now. And ultimately, (laughs) full circle, right back where I started like 12 years ago with talismans. It has just been a beautiful evolution, a lot of emotional growth. And I just enjoy being in the constant flow of ideas and energy and, and people. Jewelry can bring people together, much like horses. Absolutely. And, you know, I I love that it evolves so organically because I think that being that transition from being creative as a hobby to being creative for a living. I mean, it's such a difficult transition to try to navigate. And that um, I always say about writing that I really at this point am writing when I'm inspired or have something to say. So writing is like very easy for me. Mm-hmm. But I, on the flip side, like writing on assignment is like harder for me than ever. Like a professional writer sits down and writes. My writing's more gone in the hobbyist <laughs> territory right now because we have so many great writers on staff. We have so many people who write better than I do on staff. And then I only write when I'm inspired, which is like how almost a hobbyist creates. And then when it becomes a business, it's there's so many more things wrapped up in every design and it's there's so much more mental energy to organize yourself. But I've noticed that when you do write, it is so unbelievably beautiful. I feel it in my soul and it's so pure. So you write when you're moved to write and you write exactly what you're feeling and you put that on the page. And that is a gift. Well, thank you. And and I do think that's the luxury of of mm-hmm. both putting the time in to learn my craft and then and having the luxury to write when I'm inspired and not needing to produce content until I'm burned out every day. Yeah, burnout's a real thing. <laughs> so I have to I have to tell you that I lose a lot of things. Um, I travel a lot. I'm very disorganized. Um, and so I had recently just lost my engagement ring, which other people found which I hadn't even known I lost it. So I wasn't stressed about it at all. Other people found it before I realized that I lost it. (laughs) But this had happened like a number of times. And then it came time for needing a wedding ring. And it it just sounded so overwhelming because I already lost my engagement ring so many times. And I was totally overwhelmed by the whole wedding situation. And so I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't do another ring. I'm just so overwhelmed. And so my husband just at my request just gave me the engagement ring again at the wedding. Because <laughs> I was like, I can't just have more things right now. I just can't do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a very Piper story. <laughs> so I just remember wearing my engagement ring or not or losing it, you know, for the past, I don't know how many years I've been married, like five or six years. And so, but over the time, like here and there, I've toyed with the thought of getting a wedding ring and then it never actually occurred. And so then this year, what it was a big year. So my husband actually ordered me one of your rings to be my wedding ring. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that was your wedding ring. Yep. So oh, I've been wearing beautiful. it as my wedding ring and it is so beautiful. I, I've gotten so many compliments on it. I haven't even lost it yet which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, don't lose it. That's the lucky star ring. You, yep. You're not supposed to lose it. <laughs> it's been very lucky. I haven't lost it yet. Um, and it, it is so beautiful and it it is so comfortable to wear. I mean, it, it's so thoughtfully designed. It is so comfortable to wear. It is so unique. I, I love having something that's so unique that, you know, I don't feel like other people have, are wearing something similar 
And it's actually been fun. And like, I, I just, I get overwhelmed a bit by fashion because it's not exactly where my brain goes. And it, it just seems like a lot of pressure sometimes. And this piece has had like a, a marked impact on my mood. It's been cool. Oh, wow. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. That's what it's all about, right? That one piece that you can put on and empowers you. Absolutely. If you lose it though, like it doesn't, it's not going to be a bad omen. Okay. Like we can make you another one. (laughs) That was part of it too. (laughs) I thought about that. (laughs) A tighter one. (laughs) (laughs) So will you describe some of the unique necklaces and different things that you've created and what are some of the things that inspired them? Oh my gosh, that is like a a huge question. I have made so many things and it's interesting that, you know, 12 years later, I am like right back full circle with the original things I've, I've designed the shield and the ring that you own were like the first two things I ever designed. And I still make them today and I still love them and I own them personally. And that's, what's important to me is would I own it myself? Would I wear it myself? If the answer is no, I have to then think like, but what does that mean? That doesn't necessarily mean anything. I'm not into color. I love diamonds. And as much as I don't like a traditional jewelry piece, when I do create a piece like the horseshoe necklaces, they have to be classic. They have to stand the test of time. At the end of the day, they have to be worth more than the sum of their parts. You're talking about jewelry. You're talking about people's emotions, their stories, their love, their triumph, their sadness. I take all of that into consideration when I make a piece. Is she going to be wearing this when she jumps that fence, when she you know clears a new height, when she goes to that show? If it breaks when she goes over that fence and she still has it when, you know, she clears the round, it's hanging from her neck, we can repair it. It's okay that these pieces take you through those moments in life. So I love to create things with diamonds because they're not soft and they can take a hit. They can take you through a circuit and they're still going to shine and be beautiful if you don't wash it every single day. I love when people tell me I don't take the pieces off. Like, that's great. But if it's turquoise or moonstone, please take it off. Like, it depends what it is. There's special pieces and there's everyday pieces. And I sometimes just go down a rabbit hole. I will find a gemstone. And if I hold a gemstone, it's unique and I can see the finished piece. I know that I should take that gemstone home and give it the life it wants to have. I know that sounds ridiculous, but... If I can see a finished piece, I was meant to pick that piece up, create the piece and be the custodian of it until it moves to its next home. You know, we don't really own anything. It's all borrowed and we get to enjoy it while we're here. And I just love to play in that realm. So the shields are are like the protection for it all. It's like the grounding piece. I was inspired to make the shields through a museum exhibit and um, at the Met arms and armor. I went to the arms and armor installation and the ornate weaponry. It's just this exquisite armor that has been worn in battle. And then they had these mounted warriors. I just felt transported to another lifetime. And when you think about all the ways that you need to protect your innermost self and what's around your projection field, not only that, but the stories that other people 
are trying to tell you about yourself. It's just a lot. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice to have a piece of jewelry that was sort of like your personable, impenetrable shield to bounce anything off that's coming towards you? And so I'm coming back to that with my collections. And I think that they pair really well with the equestrian theme. Absolutely. And sometimes we just, you know, need to glance at something to be reminded of a source of strength or yeah, or, or a way to carry ourselves. I think staring at your face, your own face in Zoom is like so unhealthy for all of us. Um, yeah. I, we've like, yeah, we, we've come into this world where we're so anxious and, and so self-conscious and so many things and, and anything we can kind of glance at or remind us that we have the power and we we have the luck of the horseshoe or anything like that. You know, any piece that makes us sit a little straighter or have a little more confidence is just good for everyone right now. Yeah. And it's fun, right? It's fun to get something new. Absolutely. It's rejuvenating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone needs a luxury for their soul. Like I said, whether it's tangible or sometimes I just like to window shop too, because I love antiques. And so I'm not going to go out and buy all of the things, but I'll just go look at stuff or I'll look at stuff on my computer from different sources. And I feel fulfilled. I'm like, okay, that was good. Thanks. I didn't have it all in my house, but I feel good just even seeing it or it inspires the next piece. Absolutely. So you have a unique pet inspiration that we can all follow along with on your Instagram. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Are you talking about Timber? (laughs) I am talking about Timber. Not many people have have a Timber. (laughs) So Timber is, um, well, she's a doe now, but when we found her, she was a fawn and she was in our yard and she was a day old, orphaned. And I know she was a day old because she still had an umbilical cord attached to her and little, her hooves were like little gummy bears. So she you know, they would bend when she would stand and she had the wobbly knees. And I know she was orphaned, which a lot of people will say like, no, the mom leaves her little baby and doesn't come back for eight hours, 10 hours. And then when the fawn will bleat, which is crying, she will come back. But she didn't know how to cry. And she was hiding and no deer ever approached her. My husband was out there with night vision, just watching, watching, nothing day after day. And we we just, we couldn't leave her like that. She hadn't gone to the bathroom either. So he had, he was out there in the yard with his baby wipes in his back pocket, like stimulating her, making, teaching her how to go to the bathroom, bottle fed her. And again, we would put her outside and we try all over again and no deer ever came for her. So it just broke our heart. And because she didn't know how to cry, she couldn't call. They didn't know where she is and they don't have a scent because the mother hides them with their own scent, but she was born in a rainstorm. So we took her in and we raised her with our dogs. And when she became around three months, we were like, okay, it's time for you to be wild. We taught her how to forage on a leash. <laughs> so that when we did release her, she knew like, this is grass. These are, these are trees. These are good spots. And she had instincts because she's wild. And the day we released her, we all were out on the deck and we're like, okay, here you go. Her, you know, she was house trained, but she had a harness on so that if she ran away, she wouldn't be able to survive on her own if she ran away. So we took the harness off everything. Here you go. Be wild. And she took off like a bat out of hell and ran away from us. And we were like, oh, okay, bye. 
And then minutes later, she came bounding back, like full of joy. And from that moment on, she's been completely wild. And she comes back several times a day. And just this week is the first time that she's spent extended periods of time away. But she comes home when she wants comfort. That's amazing. And yeah, and you have pictures of her, you know, sleeping on your couch and playing with your dogs. And <laughs> it's, so, weird. it's so fascinating. We think it's our greatest accomplishment in life, right? That we took a wild animal, made sure she survived, thrived, and then still she chooses us. She comes home for a brushing. She likes fruit. She thinks my husband is the greatest thing ever. And when the raspberry supply runs out when I'm giving her a treat. Like she kicks me. Like I'm just (laughs) (laughs) so low on a totem pole in in her life. (laughs) (laughs) So where can people find jewelry? Where can they follow along with the timber story? Where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram or through my website at alexisclutchian.com. Amazing. Well, Alexis, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was fun. 